0: doing we're recording That's <laughs> why.
1: all right you start the episode
0: okay i'm starting the episode hi i'm tara i'm the star of this podcast
1: i'm adam and tara's dead no that wasn't <laughs> good let me try that again
0: i was really funny don't you like my diva moment
1: tara thinks that she's funny now Oh my gosh she's been in uh i was gonna say hiding <laughs> tara's been in hiding so long that now she has no recollection of reality anymore you know
0: that i'm the one that actually like goes into the world and things you're the one yes, who hides in your house all day working
1: but it's still a different reality the only people you get to see are people who are getting their titties chopped off and no stuff. i
0: don't i don't work for
1: plastic oh, oh yeah anymore. i'm sorry that's right have they booty holes scooped out
0: <laughs> who i have already had lots of wine <laughs>
1: I sort of have had one glass and it's not nearly enough. This remote working thing is getting really, really old. Cabin fever is setting in.
0: Do you feel like everything is kind of like half real and half like in some fantasy world that you don't understand? Or is that me?
1: I don't even honestly know because my work has been so insanely busy.
0: The statement of you when you were like, I don't honestly know. That's just how I feel about everything in life right now. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't even know if I care yes. either. Wait, hang on here. Well, (laughs) she gave me a choice, so it's going to be potato salad. All
0: right, potato salad.
1: Yeah, that's something that Tara knows a lot about (laughs) because it's part of her family group.
0: I knew that was coming. Uh, That was very, very nice.
1: I am joining my parents for Memorial Day, which is coming up in a couple days. And I'm doing laundry
0: on Memorial Day.
1: They have been quarantining too, and we will be taking our precautions as restrictions are being lifted. But let me tell you something, I don't appreciate being told three days before a holiday to make a dish that I might not have fucking ingredients for during a quarantine. Yep. Because the fucking grocery store is going to be completely It's going to be a
0: mess. No, thank you. I wish you all the best. Because these
1: rednecks did not prepare for Memorial Day. All they did was buy as much toilet paper because all they do is shit all the time. <laughs> Shit coming from their mouths, <laughs> shit coming from their asses.
0: I feel like we just went full circle. How, how long have we I been I don't know, three this? minutes.
1: Almost four. Almost four, four minutes Let's talking get about shit. Uh, Basic This Snitches. is Basic niches, and we record Harry Potter things. <gasps> oh, this is the first episode that we're recording today, so it's going to be another rough one. <laughs> we say that at the beginning of every episode. You should just know. You
0: by. all love us. All three of you.
1: Yeah oh speaking of we actually got emails between the last time we recorded and now the first one was from someone that we all are familiar with and that's steven Steven. he responded to one of our fuck mary kills so he actually did what we asked you all to do so all y'all other mo's need to catch up so his fuck mary kill cue music i guess cue
0: music (laughs)
1: is for the Defense Against the Dark Arts one. He had said that he was going to marry Lupin, which, I mean, obviously. But he said, oddly, one of the most emotionally and intellectually stable characters in the whole series, which is proving to be pretty true so far. He said that he was going to fuck Lockhart, which I do not think... Either of us, did. I, I don't but think he we said. Did. He said, "I'm confident I could keep him and his mouth too busy for him to be obnoxious during our tryst."
0: Woo, Stephen.
1: Yeah, but you know that he sucked many dicks in his time, so you don't know what cooties his mouth got. <laughs> and then. He's not here to defend himself, but that's how I feel. And then uh, he he was going to kill Quirrell because there is only room for one evil bitch. And I got that on lock.
0: Yes, Steven.
1: Uh, Joke's on you because I'm the Slytherin up in this gig. Evil is our thing. (laughs) Evil is our thing.
0: I'm a Slytherin. That's
1: Adam. Go back to reading books.
0: (laughs) We love you, Steven.
1: He also said he most identifies with Sirius. Just unsolicited, but well, we appreciate we want the world to know solicited.
0: about our amazing friend, Stephen.
1: Yes. And then we also got an email from somebody named Abby. Yeah. And she let us know about a technical glitch that... I did not experience, but she did, and she saved the episode, so thank you, Thank you, Abby.
0: Abby. The last episode posted, whatever, last week, because I haven't posted this week because I'm the worst. That is there because of her, so thank you, Abby. Yeah. You're amazing.
1: And it sounds less shitty than it usually does, because, I mean, you're the one who decided to subscribe to this.
0: (laughs) Are y'all ready for us to get into this episode? Yeah, this is chapter 15. 13.
1: Grif- <laughs> it is. Well, I already labeled this episode chapter 15 in Zencaster, so we're not covering 13 <laughs> and 14. I didn't read chapter 15 yet. <laughs> Me neither. Okay, this is chapter 13, Gryffindor versus For Ravenclaw. First. Chapter 12 what happened what <laughs> what, what, what the thing did chapter
0: 12 the patronus which is a great chapter winner and loser of the chapter and not that exciting the winner of the chapter is harry giving him this win i think he really actually works his ass off to learn how to do patronus you know lupin says several times it's like well beyond what he should be able to do so that's really nice the loser of the chapter god it really hurts to do this and it really just it has to do with this chapter that we're about to do the loser of the chapter is neville (laughs) <laughs> Every, I, I, i'm done i can't do it anymore
1: i thought that you were gonna say ron because i'm pissed oh at ron. well
0: ron's probably gonna lose this next chapter but neville loses the passwords that's yeah. a bad day
1: well he was just trying to help Sirius black to kill stagabbers that's all
0: <laughs> neville you're actually a hero it really hurt my heart to say that
1: well i'm proud of you i guess <laughs>
0: Do you want to read the outline that I wrote that's not very good or very long for chapter 13? It's my
1: turn to read. See, this is the pattern that we've fallen into. Hers aren't good or long. Mine are long and amazing. (laughs) Both very similar to the quality of our own dicks.
0: No, my dick's pretty great.
1: (laughs) You keep telling yourself that. All right, let's get into it. Chapter 13, Gryffindor (laughs) versus Ravenclaw. So... Ron and Hermione are fighting because that's what they do. Ron is sure Crookshanks ain't scabbers, but honestly, nobody except Ron cares about that stupid rat. So let's get to what this chapter is really about. Dick jokes. I mean, broomsticks. I mean, no, that is what I meant. It's a sports chapter. We're going to play Quidditch. But first, everyone has to get excited about Harry's broomstick, even Madame Hooch. And then we can play Quidditch. The match against Ravenclaw is going great because if you haven't caught on, Harry's dick, I mean broomstick, broomstick, broom, broomstick, broomstick, broomstick. broomstick. Oh man, this is that whole fucking spiders thing all over again, isn't it? Is fucking great. So yeah, they win by a lot. Even though Dementors show up again because Harry conjures a Patronus and they don't affect him. But we found out after the match, it's actually because they weren't really Dementors. It was for dicks! Malfoy, Crab, Goyle, and Flint dressed up as Dementors to try to sabotage Harry. Hoped his Patronus head butted those fuckers. For dicks. That's right, just like my quinceanera. Anyway, she didn't write that part. I <laughs> quidditch was successful thanks to harry's skill with a broomstick and now it's time for a party in the gryffindor common room to celebrate because gryffindors are arrogant motherfuckers who haven't fucking won a quidditch cup yet but totally are partying like they have and it's all fun until mcguh shows up and makes them go to bed because y'all haven't won yet calm the fuck down i have company coming tomorrow (laughs) again i added that in wasn't her Harry's having a weird dream that night when suddenly he hears yelling and all the boys in the dorm wake up to Ron screaming that Sirius Black had been standing over him with a knife. While Ron, a little dramatic, nobody believes him until they confirm with Sir Cadogan that he had let Sirius into the common room because he had the password. In fact, he had all the passwords. Someone had written them all down on a piece of parchment, then left it lying around. Adam chose the wrong book to use the novel counter. Yeah, well, I guess we all make mistakes. You know, it makes me wonder what our gag is going to be for book four. Because Fuck, Mary Kill works so well for this book because it's three things in this book three. Book two, Neville Counter was perfect because it was like, well, we're just going off of what happened in the last book. But I don't know, the return, Harry Potter and the return of Neville Longbottom. <laughs> okay, that was beautifully written.
0: Oh, thanks. You were real excited to say that it would be terrible earlier, so. I mean, I'm just going off of my own experience.
1: <laughs> uh, how does this chapter <laughs> start? Because my notes are probably incorrect. <laughs> That was a beautiful cough. Over what I'm I was so trying sorry,
0: to say. I was holding it. in.
1: Oh, <laughs> how does this chapter just start? Because that probably got it wrong. Um, Ron
0: notes. and Hermione are fighting. Oh
1: yeah, that's that's right. <laughs> oh whoops! Would help if I were actually on the right chapter notes. So this is similar to it was another fight between them that had to do with Crookshanks and Scabbers. So this book, I kind of was on both of their sides, and I sort of still am because I mean, Ron mm-hmm. is upset that Hermione was being so loose with Crookshanks. Hermione is just like, it's a cat, what you want me to do? It's hard to herd cats, bitch. But I think in this case, Ron really is overreacting. It's almost more about what Hermione did than what has allegedly happened to Scabbers, I think.
0: I have to continue to look at both of their sides because we're going into this... Thinking about the fact that we know that Scabbers is a piece of shit. We already know Crookshanks is innocent. For me, it's like this side of Ron realizing that this pet that to him he doesn't know is actually a piece of shit and horrible. But this is Ron's pet and Ron has not ever had great things in his life and just to have a thing that is important to him come up missing and that being said cats eat mice calm down so like i'm still on the i see both sides of it i'm team crookshanks because i know scabbers is a piece of shit because he's peter pettigrew but he doesn't talk about scabbers almost
1: (coughs) at all it's not like he is mourning scabbers he is attacking hermione there's a difference and cats also don't just swallow a mouse whole the way that cats hunt If anything, Crookshanks would have brought Scabbers' dead body to Hermione. That is what would have happened. I mean, they don't teach biology or like actual animal studies or anything at Hogwarts. But at the same time, like the evidence that is there just isn't enough. You could say why was blood found there? But I don't know. I feel like blood is something that you see pretty often at Hogwarts. Well,
0: that's probably very true. I don't know. I just think of it as like 13 year old boy who who isn't going to sit down and think about it logically or whatever i will say yeah, i really I, love how everyone is like trying to be nice
1: well i think the other thing is mm-hmm. i think a lot of them are trying to make the situation a lot less than ron is making it to well me. that's smart Truly. i mean that's
0: part of i think them trying to take care of him well to my point too later on
1: there's this moment where there's something along the lines of, well, why don't you just go and get a new mm-hmm. pet and stuff? And it's it's he's still talking about Hermione. That's what I'm trying to okay, say. I I there's that. no focus actually <clears throat> on Scabbers. Even when this wonderful thing happens in the next chapter, something happens where a character kind of tries to call them out on their rudeness and stuff and the same sort of thing happens it might still be that he's a teenager and stuff it still doesn't feel right when other people around them who are also teenagers are trying to make it better i mean i still to an extent get it both of them are valid in what they are thinking but it's in their approach that i think shows the difference between the two of them
0: oh well hermione is always going to be a bazillion times more intelligent and mature than ron but yes (laughs) And then
1: we get into the real like action of the oh, yeah, chapter, like
0: pretty quickly. Practice. I think we get to have,
1: and this, this is a great fucking chapter too. Let's talk about that as well. It opens up talking about the drama that happened in the last one, but all in all, this chapter is very very positive. I think first during this whole little practice thing, we learn about Cho Chang. Yes, something else that we miss out in this book during the movie. <laughs> Similar to the Cedric thing. Yeah. Which is just shame because I think with him becoming a teenager and stuff, it feels a little bit more natural to bring up a love interest or something like that at this point. And we all love Cho Chang.
0: Yeah, she's adorable.
1: And everybody is going around and they want to touch Harry's broom.
0: I mean, good times
1: for Harry. I mean, they need to be respecting his boundaries yet again. Because if people were coming up to me and touching my broom, I would have to beat them away. God damn it. Don't, that ain't for you to touch. <laughs> Poor Harry. I would say you had gotta have a visa again in my Netherlands. Then again, it's a barren wasteland that no one has visited for many, many years. I still have strict restrictions. I'm not going to let anybody up all over there. And then Madam Hooch wants to touch Madam it too. Madam
0: Hooch is super excited about it.
1: Yeah. Well, this is... I guess, her field of study. <laughs> and you do learn a little bit. What's so funny about that? I don't know. Are you trying to picture Madame Hooch studying? Is that I what I don't
0: Well, there is that. Because that bitch ain't doing shit. I know this is
1: jumping ahead a little bit. But since we're talking about her here, let's just get it over with. She fell, she fell asleep-, asleep during practice. What, what the fuck the boys? Why didn't you wake me up? Uh bitch, why did you fall asleep? What is with all these teachers not getting enough sleep? First, we got Madam Pince because she's been too busy fucking filch during the day. Snape is getting very, very angry. <laughs> and now Madam Hooch is in the mix too. There's this big sex scandal between all of these staff members of <laughs> Hogwarts. <laughs> I could not believe it. Like, I know that we've been like joking about her being kind of not great at her job, but this I was like, okay, as Lizzo says, the puddings in the proof. The, <laughs> the proof. Broom reactions. I want to cover a couple of them, in particular Cedric's and how he, Cedric's just a good guy. Oh,
0: Cedric is great. He's just
1: a friendly, I mean, he's a Hufflepuff. What do you expect? Those Hufflepuffs are so I love nice. you Hufflepuffs. But then Penelope also comes up. <laughs> <out. laughs> and she's like i want this little thing and percy's like no don't touch it and she's like what you never let me touch yours he's like oh well you got me there because he doesn't want girls touching his broomstick okay so the little thing is obviously that they have this like little wager that he brings up here too about like we've both placed a bet on whoever wins and everything and then he kind of like catches up to her he has like a nickname for her too doesn't he Um, penny or something yeah he calls her penny I like this scene because it brings in so many more people that we don't hear about all the yeah. time. It's also Percy sort of painted in a more playful I, way.
0: I do Which like is also that. kind of yeah, nice. it's nice.
1: So we see a little bit of all the houses, honestly, in this entire chapter, which I quite do I do enjoy. like
0: that. Throughout this book, you've been giving him a lot of, I like this guy. I'm giving Oliver Wood all this credit. He does kind of lose a few points to me when he does the... Harry, have you sorted out your dementia problem business?
1: There's a better way. Yeah, that's probably what it I is. Guess. Like,
0: I, I mean, I think as captain and like a competitive person, I get it. And I respect his like, ugh, this is what made us fall apart last time. But at the same time, I'm like, maybe not like that. The mm-hmm. kid fell 50 yeah. feet off his broom and almost died.
1: I think at <clears throat> least one thing to be a devil's advocate is that maybe it's like a jock situation. a jock situation. I mean, it's not an easy thing to necessarily try to devil's advocate, I guess, because it's still like, that's no excuse. Good but I point. do like
0: that you brought up that like everyone is kind of brought up in this capacity of people wanting to look at Harry's broomstick. They comment on how like the Slytherins are all just like over there pouting and then like... <laughs> Malfoy's like, got plenty of special features, pity he doesn't come with a parachute, ha 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 ha, and then Harry's like, boom, bitch, pity yours doesn't come with a hand to catch the fucking thing, because you suck.
1: Yeah, that's exactly how he said it. It is. It's funny, because I kind of forgot that there was that little moment, and I can't remember if it was like at breakfast or... during this whole thing or regardless at first when they come over i almost feel it's like oh well we kind of want to see it too yeah we want to be in the like in the cool group and then draco has to open up his big mouth and make a terrible joke as well the fact that harry was like ready right there to like throw it back in his face was pretty amazing too there's a lot it was good Harry was good. Harry's good throughout this entire chapter. That's the point I'm trying to make. There's this drama going on between his two best friends, but he kind of pushes it aside and rises above it figuratively and literally. And I really, really am like, yes. I agree
0: with that. Ron and Hermione's worlds basically revolve around this guy. But sometimes I feel like Harry has to focus too much on whatever this conflict is between his friends. And he's caught in the middle and being able to see him kind of focus on himself. And this chapter is about him being successful in Quidditch, doing this thing that he loves. That's not necessarily important in his fate of his life with blah, 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 Voldemort, whatever. Like, it's just him being a teenager, getting to be popular because he's got the cool new thing and he's really good at Quidditch. I'm celebrating Harry's success of this chapter. Success. As yeah. just being a kid who was good at a sport
1: we don't get a lot of just plain ass happy no can that be the title of this episode (laughs) plain ass happy happy. i don't think they're gonna let it but we don't get a lot of those kind of chapters and this is harkening back to i think the core of the series and the um the onset of it where we all like fall in love with this world yeah I mean, my next point that I have written down is this Quidditch match could not have gone fucking this better. Is I feel fucking like fucking
0: great. Also, can we talk about Lee Jordan and his obsession with the
1: fire? I knew that was the next thing you were going to say. I love say. him. Yeah. I love, I love yeah.
0: McGonagall being like, the f- really? Come on. Can you do your job, Lee? I love it yep. so much.
1: When you contrast this to the last one with oh. Hufflepuff, it is glorious and like it's not without like it's suspense either cho chang isn't just like smoking a cigarette being right? like you she ain't get just hot she's busy. good too she, yeah she's coming after him she's a good player i wonder if that's a little bit of foreshadowing for the fourth book oh, yeah. in a different way because they're like chasing each other oh, you know yeah overall the whole game the whole chapter everything is so gripping and just good it's positive of course like you said in your summary we get that little scene where those dementors pop up and harry is ready and he's like bahos
0: i, and love, d- that. Does I love how confident that moment is for him
1: isn't it something like cho almost cho it notices at first?
0: first
1: and he's like stand back i got this i mean
0: it's a lot of like triumphant moments for him in the course of this match. Obviously we learn that the reason why she probably noticed them first and they didn't like make him feel like shit because they weren't real i think that it's important to realize that that's how he handles it because he kind of future books and future moments he does kind of handle real adventures that way obviously the real ones have an effect on him and and we've already kind of discussed his dark past and and how that affects him more detrimentally than maybe other people. It's kind of foreshadowing though, like how Harry is willing to be like, this is what I have to do rather than dwelling on it.
1: I feel like these last few chapters have felt like a buildup after that last moment. It's a great part to kind of finish out kind of this side story i mean it's not completely over it's great to show that i don't think that we have necessarily seen that sort of secondary through line yet Mm -hmm. i agree and seen it end in such a celebratory way either it's very refreshing afterwards of course they party in the gryffindor common room which I also did not kind of like read it in that way of them like, hey, you haven't they won the cup parties, yet,
0: Like, kind of I thing. think maybe Gryffindors just party really fucking hard, apparently. But I was like, you guys haven't even mean, won this thing yet.
1: If you go on YouTube and you find those compilations that of TikToks that are like, TikToks by house, it's always Gryffindors are like the party hards. <laughs> you can uh, kind of see like certain people kind of falling into the stereotype of each they're always really well done. I don't know why I'm pitching TikTok so hard. I don't really care for TikTok. I'm too old don't for it. I TikTok. But...
0: I just watch, um, I'll give you a promotion there, Brian Jackson. Your TikToks are great.
1: Yeah, Brian Jackson, you're the next one who has to email uh, us. Tag your
0: it. <laughs> I don't he- we gotta get you on the show, bitch.
1: We should start tagging some of our listeners and being like, your turn to email. Right? We better email us. We still don't have merch, so there's no reward in this. But we get to mention we can work you. On that. But yes, and I don't feel like it falls into the whole stereotype that is like embedded in us in the books. Like the people who are Slytherins aren't all evil. Like, yes, they tend to be a little bit more angry, <laughs> which Par for the chorus, right here, baby. But this is one of those times where, like, you get to see a little bit more of the authenticity out of it when we fall out of the whole Gryffindors are brave and that's it, period. Like, there's more yeah. to them. And I think that's a nice quality.
0: Maybe it's just fun that they just, you know, maybe they really do like to party and celebrate. And, you know, their last Quidditch match was not a good time. So maybe they're overcompensating for it. Maybe. I'm like being too harsh on them about being like, bitch, you haven't won yet.
1: I think there's a little bit of reality in jokes yeah. I, sometimes. I, like they're, they're not funny if you don't like yeah. tap into that. And I'm glad you made that point. Cause I think it's true. I
0: like, I mean, I like this. So. I like that they're partying. I never lived on campus in college. Well, I did for a hot minute when I was at Wright state, but I was, you know, 18. So as an adult who was someone who can like drink and all of that from my non experienced brain, I'm going, that sounds like the kind of partying you do in college. So to me, I'm just like, this feels so excessive. And I'm sure that's not really what it is.
1: You know what? When you said that, it made me think back, because I obviously did live on yeah. campus. It would be so much more interesting if they did kind of break people up based on those kind of traits. All four years of college, I started in this residence hall and then I was an RA in it for two years. It was the honors program and then also living and learning. So technically I was in a raving You're a fucking nut. But at the same time... (laughs) We were all like, I would, don't say we all were, but there was a little bit of like, ah, oh, yeah, we're in the nicest dorm on campus. So maybe it was a little bit Slytherin-y too, <laughs> because we had suite-style living. So my four years in college, I never had to deal with a communal bathroom. When I had roommates and suite-mates, I only shared my bathroom with three other guys. And then when I was an RA, I had my own bathroom, baby. And that was the bomb. But... I did have one summer where I was a summer RA. That was in one of the halls where I think a lot of the football players usually are. And I had fresh vomit in two of the three sinks in the bathroom on my hallway, like the whole month leading up to when summer was over. And that was when I was coming back to be an RA on the first floor of Carmel. It was the nicest bathroom as well. (laughs) So I would see that vomit and be like, you got 21 days until you get your nice private bathroom back that like kept me going of course my hall had that kind of stereotype but then a lot of greek life <clears throat> was in two other dorms so that was kind of there and football players were in one and then there was the hall where a lot of people who went to the music conservatory went and it was haunted as fuck and I would never go in there ever. In fact, that summer when I was a summer RA, I worked in residence life, obviously. When I was on campus, it was not just being an RA, but I had to go and like do inventory of certain like furniture pieces. And I had to go into Kohler and there was nobody in the building and so like i ran in counted all the things i had to do ran back out i was 30 seconds in that building because i know that place is <laughs> and i ain't gonna be in there alone anyways um, so, that, so that makes me think at the very least like the design of hogwarts is pretty damn good if they do have the ravenclaw tower away from the gryffindor tower away from the hufflepuff dungeon away from the slytherin yeah. dungeon i think it's like good planning <laughs> Honestly, I think all four of their locations really suit the houses very well. Oh, yes.
0: I agree with that. I would have started at Hogwarts the next year, so I wouldn't have been there for this because that would have been a good party to be at as a Gryffindor. I want to comment on Harry and his attempt to engage Hermione. I almost want to give him credit. I wish he'd pushed harder. He notices Hermione isn't partying, so he goes over and he's like, hey, come have some food. And she's like talking about how fucking crazy her schedule is. And she's making it clear that like one of the reasons why she's not trying to be part of this is because of Ron. And Ron very rudely is like, I'm gonna try to make you feel guilty and talk about scabbers, which is really awful. So she leaves and Harry doesn't really get an opportunity to try to make her feel better. I wanted him to just do a little more. He is in a position to instigate the healing here. In case you couldn't tell, I think it's all on Ron.
1: First of all, in that moment, Ron did not need to come up and talk to them. There's a party happening right there. This is the worst. This chapter, and I don't think he's great in the next chapter either. Why are you even there? Like, shouldn't you be on the other side of the room? It's a loud party. Go enjoy yourself. Like, why drive more of this into the ground? Now, it is also kind of a party celebrating Harry, because Harry's the one who won it kind of for them. Yes, it would have been better for him to kind of, like, go after Hermione.
0: But he does ask Ron, like, give her a break. I'm not actually attacking Harry. I just, my instincts are like, oh, I wish he'd done more.
1: On the flip side with Ron, I'm trying to think, like, okay, maybe it's his family dynamics like fights like this happen all the time and you have a lot of brothers and you don't want to be the one to like let it go because then you're the weak one and blah 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 maybe that's part of it it doesn't end until molly comes in and stamps her foot down and is like i'm gonna murder all you motherfucking kids (laughs) me and arthur are gonna go on a second honeymoon it shows a lot of their dynamic in this moment that you tend to see at other parts of the series yeah. so this little scene kind of like sullies the celebration going on in this chapter and everything when they go to bed that brings up kind of the next portion of what pushes the story along i do want to say harry's having this dream where he's following this patronus uh-huh. and it's like fucking foreshadowing 100 oh it's, i love it so um, much and i'm like man why the fuck didn't it continue i, I never noticed like,
0: this until this read Mm-hmm. me neither trees.
1: i had a similar thing in a previous book and maybe it had to do with a dream too where there wasn't like a seamless transition out of the dream into reality but i had this other thing here i'm like wait a minute why is he screaming in his dream and i was like oh no it's ron that's screaming in this moment it is Ron. and then that's when we learned that Sirius black was ripping open his bed
0: there are five boys in this dormitory. And, you know, we don't get to know Dean and Seamus as well as we get to know Neville. And obviously we don't get to know Neville as well as we get to know Ron and Harry. But I think that it's really great character work to just remind us that there's the five of them and how present they are. They were all sleeping. This terrifying thing happened. They've now all experienced that together.
1: Perhaps more so those two because they haven't experienced some of the other Gary things as much. And, like, to your point, Neville has experienced a little bit more of them, but not to the level of Ron and Harry. So, there's something to be said about that, certainly. I'm amazed that this whole fuss wakes McGonagall up. I'm not surprised that it wakes up the rest of the house because, I mean, not even just for Seamus and Dean, but I'm sure that it's a little bit scary for everybody. I don't often kind of like worry about Colin Creevy, but I'm sure Colin Creevy is, you know, in the room next door. however it works in their dormitories right. but all of them you know there is an, intr- an intruder right. actually in our living
0: quarters they're all thinking that it's still the party though like fred and george are like woohoo are we doing this again and then mcgonagall and percy and percy's like what the hell don't do this mcgonagall comes in and she's like i can't believe this is going on and that's when it is like no really because no one really believes ron which i can't really blame them One
1: thing with McGonagall, too. Does the head of the house sleep near their house? I feel
0: like she must. I kind of thought about this in the last book, too. Because I remember in the sixth book, it's kind of implied that Slughorn, his sleeping quarters are near his classroom. But Slughorn isn't a head of house in that book. So then I've always just kind of imagined that the Defense Against the Dark Arts professor, their sleeping quarters near their classroom. And Trelawney, like her sleeping quarters are up in the tower but i never really was like thinking specifically anyone's was anywhere but near their classroom but in this chap mcgonagall has to be nearby so i wonder if like flitwick is nearby ravenclaw and so forth
1: yeah because i mean we obviously learn in the sixth book that the potions professor isn't necessarily always in the, the slytherin head of yeah. house i mean in that case like slughorn was and then snape was but slughorn was not head of slytherin when he came back things like that i think the solution is baby monitors yeah
0: mcconaughey has got a baby she's always like god damn the weasley twins And, like, all those fucking, like, secret
1: conversations they had at night, McGunn knew. That's how. She got that shit online. I
0: just kind of want to look at the way that this progresses through Ron and his, like, realization and, like, how he's telling everyone and, like, everyone's like, oh, you're dreaming, you're dreaming. And then he tells Percy, he's like, Sirius Black was in our dormitory with a knife. He woke me up. And everyone is, like, there to hear him. Percy says... Nonsense! You had too much to eat. Ron had a nightmare, but it also says that Percy looks startled. I imagine the room of everyone being like, "Oh wait, maybe this is real." Remember, he broke into the castle before. That's why the fat lady is gone, and we had all had to sleep over in the great hall. But like to me, I see this scene as Ron saying it, and everyone slowly being like, "Oh my God, could this be real? Could this be real?" And I just want to go back on how you were talking about how that would be scary for the whole house. It helps put the scene in perspective then ron does this magical thing where he uses logic and he's like you should ask sir cadagan through all of this this kid had what everyone is assuming is a nightmare or maybe he didn't and now everyone is terrified and the kid who almost died is now suddenly being very logical
1: well, it's interesting, too, because he hasn't used logic in the last full chapter. Or anyways, the last but now books. when he's actually telling the truth, he has something to back it up with, which is nice. And it's a little bit telling of Ron in this time when he's not the best character. I mean, it says something about when he's spouting bullshit a little bit, too. Like, it's almost like maybe he's making things up as he goes along or something like that, because it is really nice where he's like, OK, well, he had to get in here somehow. Well, this is a
0: very real thing for him, I think
1: his rat dying and everything should have been real but i don't think he's using the same sort of deduction in that moment either in this moment i think it, the stakes are a little bit more raised and that's where he does have that moment of clarity when we go to see Kadugan too he's so matter of fact about it and he's like "Well, we have the passwords well, I, and he has a nail I file yeah i know right he totally is just
0: like okay well this is what happened
1: and I enjoyed his kind of like playfulness in the last chapter. But this is one of those times where I'm like, so you're telling me that when actual students are trying to get in and you well know that they are actual students trying to get in, you're going to give them a hard time. But then this motherfucker who everybody has been talking about and the whole reason why you're there in the first place comes up and he has the passwords and he's like, sure, I don't give a fight. Come on in. When Neville obviously wrote down his passwords, that is like rule number one of having passwords. Right. You don't write them down. But what the fuck? Like you chose this guy. I mean, they did say that he's the only one who wanted to, who was only brave enough to, which is also kind of interesting, you know, bravery, Gryffindor, Sir Kaduggan, blah, blah, blah. It's all kind of connected. This is where I'm like, okay, this is why I didn't like Kadugan before. Well,
0: I think it's just another thing on the list of, we did not think this through. Neville. yeah
1: yeah that's a nice way to end this chapter tara getting all worked up about her boyfriend speaking of boyfriends fuck mary <laughs> kill so originally because this chapter is all about quidditch i was gonna say bludger quaffle and snitch but i'm like that's boring and- Besides, Tara doesn't even like balls. So instead, I am choosing the team captain for the three other teams other than Gryffindor. Because if we had Oliver Wood in there, I mean, what are you going to do with him? And all three of them make an appearance in this chapter. So they are Marcus Flint, Cedric Diggory, and whoever the fuck Davies is. Roger
0: Davies. He goes to the Yule Ball with
1: Fleur Delacour. Oh, well, I'm glad that you remember that because I did not, but we aren't even... Look at you trying to, like, dance and shit, being like, look, I know my shit. We aren't there yet. I know. You know I like know the movies more. I know. You need to sit the fuck down. Tell me who you're gonna fucking kill I'm already
0: sitting the fuck down. I'm gonna kill Marcus Flint. Fuck that guy.
1: Yeah, I figured. And
0: I don't know how you don't know the answers. I'm going to fuck Roger Davies and I'm gonna marry Cedric Diggory.
1: When I said that I... when I said Davies, don't laugh. I'm trying to edit this clean. You shut your goddamn mouth. When I saw Davies, I was like, oh, that's easily killable. So I wanted to make it like interesting. I don't know who Davies is, so I'm going to kill him. <laughs> because Marcus Flint, I'm like, you know what? If he got his teeth done, taken out, then maybe he would be somewhat a little bit cuter. And he would more easily be able to suck me off. So I'm going to fuck it. Marcus <laughs> Flint. And I got to throw a bone, literally, to one of my Slytherins. For once, because when I do the points, I'm always like, oh, here's Slytherin, negative motherfucker points. In this case, you know what? Let me just try to be literally the devil's advocate. <laughs> I'm gonna fuck Marcus Smith, alright? And you know what? Going back to what Steven said earlier, you can keep his mouth busy to keep him from being obnoxious, but you gotta make sure that you remove his teeth first because otherwise he is going to chew your foreskin off. So. Ah! And then of course I'm gonna marry Cedric
0: because he's the best.
1: Okay, fuck Mary, kill Neville, Neville, and Cedric.
0: The Get the hell out
1: of here. There's two Nevilles. No, Nevilles are the let's twins. Let's talk
0: about the movie. Oh wait, it's not in this this bitch. Person in the book. You you can't do it like that. I need time for the music to okay, stop and I'll start. Let's, t- let's talk about the movie. the movie it. is does not cover this chapter at all
1: yeah the only little shred of it is a part of some of the mm-hmm. next chapter sort of where harry is in his bed looking at the marauders map and ron wakes up out of a nightmare that's literally the only yeah. tie back into so, the book so yeah
0: ron play. had a nightmare that's the part of the movie it, the end.
1: wow what a shock Ron had a nightmare i get it it's a shame because it's a happy moment but they gotta speed this shit well, up and literally we we're already... done
0: with quidditch in the movies
1: yeah we already talked about how like they are running to the end of this book at this point so. yeah
0: oh well about to fucking go crazy <laughs>
1: 25 to Harry. I actually haven't given some to Harry in a long time, because he was already way, way ahead of people. But he had a good goddamn day, so 25. And then I'm gonna give 5 to Cho Chang, Cedric Diggory, and Lee Jordan. And I think all of those reasons are obvious. Negative 10 from Sir Cadogan, because I do kind of think it's more his fault than Neville's. But at the same time, yeah, of course you do. Everybody knew that already. You didn't even need to say that. Negative 5 to Neville, (laughs) though. taking points away from them you made him lose a whole My goddamn God. chapter i'm just taking five away from him it's fine negative 15 from marcus flint Persistent. because we haven't seen him in this book yet and honestly part of me sort of feels like quidditch is his territory i feel like he might have actually like come up with the idea over draco draco also is a bottom feeder at this point and no surprise i'm taking 20 away from ron because ron is a piece of shit in this chapter Okay, So that's 25 to Harry, 5 to Cho Cedric Lee, negative 5 Neville, 10 Sir Duggan, 15 Marcus Flint, 20 Ron. Next time, we're going to read chapter
0: 14. 14. I was
1: about to say 16. Snape Scrudge. Yeah, this is the one that Tara has been waiting for the entire time. Fuck that guy. You know what? If I had all the original files of these podcasts... I could go through all of them and waste a lot of my time and do like a super cut of Tara saying, fuck that guy about Severus name. You
0: really should let me them tell for you. the rest
1: of this. I ain't got enough room on my computer. No. After it's done, cut, print. I gotta throw them away. But the amount of gems that get cut out of these episodes, such as Tara going on and on about how much she hates Severus Snape, I could make probably a whole nother 45 minute episode of Tara just talking about Snape for all of you who would like to hear that, which is no one. We get it. There
0: are people who want to hear that. Fuck, Mary, kill.
1: Loving on Cedric, loving on Neville, hating on Snape
0: save that for next which is time. it gonna be
1: no i already have another one for next time mm. goodbye Bye. buddy do your taxes oh shit how do i stop recording
0: basic snitches is produced and recorded by adam bowers and tara corkery edited by adam bowers
1: and published by tara corkery via podbean and now available for download wherever you listen to podcasts
0: a special thanks to all of you for taking the time to download and listen to us we hope you enjoyed us. If you enjoyed us, please be sure to rate us five stars on your listening app of choice.
1: And if you didn't enjoy us, then we're sorry you're so angry. Please also connect with us. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Basic Snitches or email us at basicsnitches at gmail.com.
0: We're excited to get more feedback from our listeners and to hear what you have to say about the questions and discussions we have on the podcast. Catch, Catch you a later, snitches! snitches.